Welcome to the Crafty Connoisseur Podcast, brought to you by the Dafty for Crafty and the team at craftyconnoisseur.co.uk. This is a place where we can all be connoisseurs, because we all appreciate a good spirit. Each episode, we're going to be speaking to people in the industry and people passionate about the industry. We're also going to be speaking to you, the Crafty Nation. We want to know what floats your boat. Why do you have a whiskey or gin collection? What do you like and dislike? It's a podcast for all the connoisseurs out there that didn't even know they were connoisseurs. Until now. So, grab a comfy chair, get a drink in your hand, and let's get spiritual. Anyway, okay, cool. Good evening, everybody. It's the Dafty for Crafty. Welcome to another episode of the Crafty Podcast. Joining me this evening is my good friend, Jason Healy, who is all the way over in the US of A. Jason, thank you for joining me this evening or this afternoon, whatever time it is where you are. Thanks for having me, mate. Good to see you. Cool. It's good to see you. Um, we go back a long way. Nine years. Nine isn't years. It, is it only nine? And so on. Ah, 2013, I think it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah 13. Yeah. That was when uh, it all happened and then I got introduced to the, the mad Aussie in the States. As you were effectively known in the office. Yeah. Oh, really? I'm sure. I was sure I was known as worse. You probably, but yeah, but we 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 weren't in that. We were privileged to those sort of conversations. So, give a give a give the viewers and the listeners a bit of a background on yourself. Well, as you said, I'm from Australia, born and raised. Um, born in North Queensland, but grew up in Brisbane, Australia, on the coast. Um, did. Uh, Chased a few dreams in, in my time, Did was always an entrepreneur and had some failures, had some successes, and then eventually made my way over to the US uh, with a mobile phone company that I had at the time and then got out of that and then stumbled across e-cigarettes and started the brand Blue. And of course, that's where we met in 2013 when we acquired uh, SkySig in, in the UK and came over and met you guys, and then we all became blue together. And since then, a lot of car stuff. Uh, and then now launching my consulting site, spoonfulofcement.com, where I help entrepreneurs uh, hopefully do things I did or were better. Uh, and that's where we're at now. Cool. I, I think and scotch love. And whiskey love. <laughs> scotch whiskey love. Whiskey. Look at scotch. Yeah. Um, I think it's great hey. you're doing Spoonful of Cement. We'll touch on that a bit more later because I think you've got a lot to offer people. And um, for anybody that's never listened to the podcast before, the first question is why. The second question is we're trying to do podcasts where everybody can contribute, um, not just specialists in the industry, but people that are passionate um, about spirits, um, whether that's gin, whiskey, vodka, tequila, whatever. You've hinted there, Jason, you're passionate about whiskey. What got you into whiskey? Oh, I'd have to at a at a young age in Australia. The first sort of lick uh, I was exposed to was rum through watching my dad and my uncle. They used to get stuck into the rum a bit, um, so exposed to that. But as I got older, um, I think it was a good friend of mine's dad, and he always used to have his Johnny Walker, and it, he had a finger missing. So he would say, "Jason, go and pour me." Three fingers of scotch. <laughs> See, fill up, 
<laughs> fill up a glass for him. And then as we got older, we'd have, have one with him occasionally. And then uh, as I started to travel uh, to the UK, um, the, the, the history and the, of, of whiskey in Scotland got me too because I'm a, I love brands and stories of brands and crafts. Mm-hmm. And so that just sucked me in again. And, and I just, ever since then, just loved my whiskey. Or I know you get mad when I call it scotch, but you have to here because if you ask for whiskey, whiskey you're going to get some freaking Jim Bean or some crap from here, which I don't like. Yeah. So you have to say scotch, otherwise you end up with, and, and back home, it's always been called scotch too, so that oh. you can distinguish to make sure you're getting the good stuff. Well, that's Not, it. Uh, yeah, so- I mean, we'll, we'll let you off for this evening, seeing as it's just. <laughs> which, <laughs> well, you always so, get mad when I say it. But I mean, what, it's one complimentary. Of things, one of the things I always remember um, back in the sort of sky sick blue days was the um, the exchange of whiskey for bourbon. Um, that was uh-huh. my, my introduction to bourbon way back, and it, it, it's more prominent now over here is bullet bourbon. You can buy it off the shelves. Um, Oh, yeah. Back then, it was a bit more limited, so getting bullet bourbon across from the states was great, and you know, and and you guys having the 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 whiskey and everything. Is there is there any other spirits that that you like what about gin, vodka, anything like that? Is is not not really oh, your thing? You know, the, the funny thing is, I only drink gin when I'm in the UK. It just right. I don't know. Yeah, I, if I'm sitting there at a bar, I'll I'll usually always go. Yeah, I'll have a a, a gin and tonic with a slice and that's the only place i never buy gin here i never order it here it's weird but yeah uh, i think but I, think I, I made a mistake once thinking that you were into vodka and when i came across to charlotte i brought you a bottle of vodka the wife's into vodka yeah uh, and i don't mind it i don't mind a you know a vodka tonic but more scotch um is predominantly uh, what I'll drink, unless it's you know late at night, sitting around a fire. I love a good port. Something like that is is always good. Um, but my the last five ten years, it's all whiskey. Uh, it's, it's and essentially it's on the rocks. On the rocks. Yeah. How many rocks? Because there's been people sitting here saying, "No, no, whiskey should be neat. Don't put anything in it." And but well, we, we don't as judge. I always, as I always say to something, the drink should be however the guy that fucking paid for it wants it. <laughs> Spot on. No, you're right. I mean, we get yeah. asked all the yeah. time, what's the perfect serve? Whether it's gin, whether it's rum, tequila. Yeah. And I, I could give you my perfect serve, but that's what, what I like, what my taste buds like. And that's yeah. why we say to people, is whatever you like, you're the customer. You drink yeah. it how you like it. And I think we've progressed a lot from the days of being afraid to put something in our drink. Um, I certainly yep. recall one time we went to a, to a friend of mine who, who lives down south near Northampton. We went to Strathpeffer and we went up to the bar and we, we picked a nice malt each. I had mine's neat, just a, a drop of water, and he asked for it with ginger. Um, and the bar yeah. refused to pour ginger into the gin. <laughs> just handed him the glass and the bottle, uh, and he was like, "If I just committed a sin or something, and it's like I don't think yeah. he wants you putting it in there." But it's changed, yeah. and 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 I think whiskey's changed, especially because I think it's now targeting a younger market 
Um, we, we touched on this in a previous episode where uh, Graham Blake, he is a good friend of mine, and his bar he's got over 300 whiskies um, of yep. all varying ranges. And I think we both agree that we're starting to see the younger generation appreciate it. But I also think the brands are starting to target the younger generation by making the bottles more attractive, more sort yep. of hip, for want of a better word, yeah. which my daughter will think is an old funny duddy word. Um, as opposed to the old bottles where you just thought it was an old man's drink, they sit in the corner, they drink yeah. their whiskey neat, and they never put anything in it. Um, as a young fella, I used to mix it. Right. You know, yeah, I would say, you know, give me a scotch and coke. But then as I got older, I started to go, well, I, I like the scotch flavor, not the coke. So I just eventually now eliminate it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's always, I mean, I've been at the bar a few times and you see people asking for the best spirit, whether it's a gin, a vodka or a rum um, or a whiskey, and then they go and drown it with coke. Or the, the yeah. barman, if the barman's not that well trained, he'll get the gun and go, do you just want me to fill it up? Yeah. And it's like, oh, you're, you're just killing the yeah. taste that's in there. And, you know, as you said, whiskey has such a, a, a brand history. It's so established. Um, I'm still stuck on this idea why you, when you come to the UK, it's gin. What, what What's so appealing about gin that you don't have a whiskey? I de- well, I do. I definitely drink more whiskey when I'm there, but I have to have at least one gin and a tonic because I'm in... I'm in England. I mean, you're in the UK. It's just, you know, you sit, watch all the shows, you, you know, you see everyone, you know, especially a, an old movie. It's all, everything's gin and tonic. And for some reason, it just fits. You know, when you're, it's like when I'm in the Bahamas, I, it's the only place I'll drink a collect beer because it's from the Bahamas and it just feels right being there. Right. And there's something that feels right about having a gin. So it might be a bit of so a, there's something British about a G and T, so it's yeah. Yes, oh definitely. And yeah. and yeah, does, it ma- does it matter what kind of gin or I've never experimented enough to know. I'd I'd be completely uneducated in gin, so I wouldn't have any idea. Compared right. to what so, I know we, compared to my whiskey tastes. We we can add that to our project road trip that we can visit some whiskey distilleries and, and some gin can... distilleries. Um, you can educate and, me and do a bit of both. The only argument is yeah. who's going to do the driving. We might need to bring Brenda <laughs> along for the driving. Um, <laughs> don't tell her I said that, folks, because um, she drinks vodka. So I don't know. You know, I know a few vodka distilleries, um, but no, I, I think you're right. I think some places, yeah, when you go, you feel that it's it's almost like it's a, like the national drink. You know, I think if you're up in yeah. Scotland, people have a whiskey. If they mm-hmm. go down to England, they might have something else that they associate with with there. Um, it's like going to Ireland. Everybody has to try a Guinness when they go to Northern Ireland or Ireland. You know, was it Northern yeah. Ireland, or Southern Ireland? Hope I didn't offend anybody. <laughs> um, but um, I always think Guinness tastes better across the water. Um, yeah, and I've been across a few times, and if you think I would know which part it was then as well. But hey ho, um, yeah, cool. So, any other spirits? And what about tequila? Tequila is an up and coming spirit, and people are enjoying that more. But you're going to tell me you've had a nasty experience with tequila when you were younger. I, oh, yeah. Well, I woke up in a junkyard in Mexico. Um, <laughs> yeah. Were you in Mexico to start with? Yes. Right, that's, so that's not I woke too bad. Up in, I woke up with the dogs chasing me in a, well, coming, barking in a junkyard in Mexico. So that was my tequila experience. And... Even at the time, I hated the taste, but it was I was down there and everyone was doing tequila shots. But now, oh, just the smell 
makes me you know start to feel the old tummy perking up uh, it's it's so that i i drink i drink my tequila neat um occasionally yeah. with a bit of ice um i do prefer a blanco as opposed to reposado so it's not been so you might like the reposado because it's been sitting in a cask and it depends whether it's maybe a bourbon cask a whiskey cask or a wine cask so yeah. you, you you get the colouring from the cask and a bit of the flavour and and because we we've had people try it over here and they go well that's got a bit of a whiskey finish to it are you sure it's tequila, um and we see more and more people that are actually drinking tequila like a whiskey, um yeah. you know they might have a mixer they might have it on the rocks or just a touch of water but instead of the old days where it was always coming out at the end of the night as many sky sig and blue nights <laughs> did um for slammers and things like that yeah. um. It's now a case that people were sitting and appreciating what they're drinking. Um, and yeah. I think that's the whole experience about enjoying alcohol and not overindulging is enjoy and savour what, what you're doing. Um, yeah. We touched on earlier there about, you know, the, the man behind Blue. And, you know, Blue is a fast-moving fast consumer product. Um, it, it's on the, the, the tobacco side of things. Alcohol is... In my opinion, quite similar. It's like the balance of two. Obviously, keeping an eye on brands and trends and things like that. And what do you, what do you think's changing in the brand market with regards to, um, especially alcohol, which is considered a bit taboo, as was smoking and, and vaping. And you know, I, I love the fact that nine years ago people were like, "Oh God, vaping's bad. It's terrible." Oh, you know, the Edinburgh Royal Infirmary, you couldn't vape on the grounds. Now they're throwing them at you because it's an encourage because you know they're finally listening to what's been said um, about you know whether it's got health benefits, whether it'll help you with get off smoking. Do you think the same things have been happening over the years with alcohol that people are are being told about drinking responsibly, but the brand advertisers are doing the same sort of thing when they're marketing things? Well, I think you know the funny thing with all brands in in all products, the last ten. 12 years it used to well, I, even when i started blue which isn't that long ago 2009 the, this you didn't attach a brand to a person you know it was very, very much as soon as you started up your company you were ceo and the company was separate from you and now you're starting to see people appreciate the personalities and the people behind brands mm -hmm. and and this, this term founder I mean, that was that's only been in the last 10, 15 years that that is even a trendy term. It was yeah. no, 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 CEO, founder. So I think people are moving to it, and and you and I've seen it huge in the last you know decade or, or less with spirits. You're seeing um, the the founders or the the investors. It's being attached to them from the beginning rather than here's this product and then, oh, by the way, look behind it are these people. Now it's coming out where people, the people are coming out and, and here's my brand. It's mm -hmm. a complete sort of reversal. Uh, and because I think people are trying to find new ways to indulge in, in brands that they like, but still maintain some contact with the grassroots of how the brand came from, started and who it came from. Yeah, um, I think because we've seen so many big conglomerates and the national brands and 
and they're, they're soulless. And so you're starting to see people attracted to the soul of brands, whether it be an alcohol or, or, or whatever. Um, but it's so much more prevalent now to see a, a person and their personality in a brand than it, than it has ever been. Yeah. Maybe since it's way back, but it, it's cool to see that. So that brings out the craft aspect because then just like a person's different and they've got a personality, their products tend to have those personalities and differences. And that's what they sell on now rather than price and, and you know, just where mm-hmm. it's made. I mean, it's it's interesting that I mean, because I know one of your favorites is Johnny Walker, and, and Jockey Johnny Walker yeah. is an establishment nowadays. But you know, obviously, it's, it's Diageo that have that. But then you've got the likes of, um, you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson with Terramana Tequila. Um, wasn't yeah. really just a celebrity through his name to it. He, he got fully invested into the whole process. And it sort of kick-started a whole bunch of people now coming out with their tequilas, their vodkas, their gins. And are yep. they just putting their names to it or are they invested into the whole project that's there? Um, and I think it goes back to the old saying about people buying from people. You know, yep. do you trust the brand? Do you trust who's involved with the brand? You know, does that give some credibility to the brand and the product? If the answer is yes, then you're going to buy it. If the answer is no, then you'll move on to something else. Um so I, th- I think it is crucial the way people market products these days. And we always get asked about what makes it craft and what makes it this, um, you know, and the fact that it's not mass produced that and craft distilleries, usually the distillers up to two, three in the morning, trying to get that, that, that recipe just right so that he's yeah. happy with it and he's got a good finished product. Uh, and the fact that you know that the next run will never taste the same as the first run. There'll be a slight difference, but it won't be 100% the same because it's not computerized. Nobody's pushing a button. There's not 100,000 litres being made in one run, you know, and things like that. And I think that's the whole experience. And I work on the philosophy that every spirit learns from the previous spirit's mistakes. So... Gin initially was a cash flow boom. They were all, you know, a lot of distilleries were waiting on their whiskey agent and they yep. needed cash flow. Gin was easy to make. They looked, uh, at what, they looked at what vodka did before with flavoring yep. and it was a bit too gimmicky. Um, yep. we, still ha- we still have a bottle of a certain branded vodka that has either cinnamon or gold flakes and it's been sitting in our cupboard for years because I don't want to yep. drink it. It doesn't look appealing. So gin yep. learned how to do it with botanicals and things like that. Rum is doing the same thing. It's looking at what gin done, how it could improve it. And I think we're going to see vodka coming back and thinking, right, what have the previous guys done? How did that, how well was that received? And that could be anything to do with how they do their, their distilling, how they, how the bottles are designed, how the labels are designed, you know, because yeah. it's, it's a different, each one's a different generation that it's appealing you know, yep. so a, a, a nice, good-looking bottle that's a bit jazzy might not appeal to an old fart like me because I'm more interested in what's in it and it's too gimmicky, yep. whereas the younger generation, like, wow, that's great. You know, it, yep. it's, it's brilliant, and it's like, well, do you know? Do you like what's in it? And like, Who cares? Yeah, yeah. You know, look at the sort of thing. So, yeah. again, it all comes down to brand marketing and what, what people trust in there. Um, so... You're very passionate about Scotland. You're very passionate about Scotch. Yeah, I said it, Scotch yeah. whiskey. <laughs> um, 
it might sound like a stupid question, and it probably is given the amount of tourists we get from Australia or from America. What do you love about Scotland? What's what's about Scotland? Couple, couple things. One, the history. You know, the architecture, the buildings, the castles, that side. But the funny thing is, coming from Australia, I think, uh, and I've asked my wife this because she's American and so she's experienced Australian culture and Scottish culture, that there's a lot of similarities in Scottish culture to Australia in terms of the, you know, can be a bit rowdy, have a good laugh, take the piss out of each other, that sort of stuff. It's, it's, there's some very, I feel very comfortable in Scotland. Um, the sarcasm's the same. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's that. But other, outside sarcasm? of that. Sarcasm? <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> The history, the architecture, the the it just it, it's a such a cool place geography wise. It's the rain can get a bit to you, but it's beautiful. Just a it's a beautiful mix of so many aspects of that the culture, the architecture, and the people. It's just very cool place. It's it's got a it's got a um, I don't know if it's the history, but it's, it has a magical feel to it. It feels like you're 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 a part of you're there and you're you're such a small speck of time and it's had such a wide span of time and existence mm -hmm. history so very cool i mean i could walk around scotland and different towns and cities all day and just look at you know old buildings and read stories and go to old pubs and that that's essentially as you said that because it was i remember remember the time you were coming over uh you and chanel and I was saying, we'll go out for dinner. And I was looking for a restaurant and whatever it was. And then the next picture you sent me, you were in the pub. Have it was it bangers and mash? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like this is great. And then we only, we <laughs> didn't go to a restaurant after all. We we had haggis, neeps, and tatties oh, uh, in, in our house, and it was brilliant. And I think that's the thing. It's about there is a synergy between uh, Scotland and Australia, possibly because you've got all our convicted relatives. That have been sent over there. The from... Yeah, they sent all the good-looking Scots. <laughs> to I think because I think everybody, what everybody in Scotland wants to go to Australia because of the weather and the beaches and the mm. fact that you you know how to have a good time. And everybody from Australia is thinking, oh, we'll, we'll visit Scotland. Um, we don't yeah. want to come back and stay because your weather's rubbish. Um, and I think there's a good there is a good synergy there. I and, live there. Um, we we both we all know how to have a good swally. Um, yeah. So. It's cool on there. So, last well, just to wind up a little bit. Yep. Spoonful of cement. Yeah. What's that about? So it comes from a saying I grew up with as a kid back home. I don't know if it's unique to Australia, but it seems to be is when you would, you know, when someone's bitching and moaning, oh, things aren't going my way. I'm not there. I'm not lucky. I don't get opportunity, all that sort of stuff, or I lost my game, or yada, yada. Your parents, you know, my dad would say, you know what you need? You need to have a spoonful of cement and harden the fuck up. Um, and so I've had the domain forever. And then when I was talking to my wife about this business, I said, this is the domain for it. And, and she goes, yeah, but you say harden the fuck up. And I said, well, if you take that out of it, it's, not, it's about honest input, not selling bullshit just to sell something to someone at you know, that's trying to, to build their dream or, or build a business. It's about mm. just honest input from my experience that can help you. 
Um, and if I can't help you, I'm the first to say it. So spoonful of cement just fit because it's like you need this honest input um, so that you can go and achieve and do your dreams. And it, it's not going to cost you a fortune. And it's not about the systems and the administrative you know, stuff that, that I see consultants doing. And then the big thing for me was I saw a lot of these consultants advising someone. First of all, they're taking their money and they're advising them. They've never done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they, they haven't done this stuff. So that, that frustrates me because I've been in that position where you're struggling and you're trying to make it and, and, and someone's just trying to get a dollar out of you, but they're not actually going to help you because they haven't been through it. They haven't. And some things you just have to know. It's like I said, when I launched it to someone, I said, Hey, if I'm going to climb to the top of Everest, sure. I could Google the best route, and get a whole bunch of information, but at some point, I'm going to want to search out someone who's done it yeah. to learn the true ins and outs and the bits and pieces that you won't find on a search or a consultant who's never been there isn't going to be able to tell you. So that's that spoonful of cement. It's just good, honest, practical help from, from someone who's done it. So from a man that can talk the talk because he's walked the walk. Yeah, and I think that's it. It is all about experience and what you've done. And I think a lot of people don't realise that you know when you've when you yeah when you are a bit older and you've had a lot of experience that your failures or you know your successes can inspire and help other people. And I think it's great that you're you're doing that. And so just out of curiosity, how long have you had the domain for? I've had it for probably, I'd say at least. Five, eight years. Five, eight years. With no idea what I was going to do with it. Yeah. And nothing came to me. It never made so, sense. Some, something, must, something must have ignited the little cells back then for you to go, I'm going to, I'm going to register that domain just in case. And then now it's, yeah. it's coming to fruition. So um, that's okay, folks. And everyone's reacted. Not... Sorry? Everyone's reacted to it well, too. A lot of the first things everyone says is, I love the name, even though a lot of people don't know the same. Yeah. They've loved the name. I, I, was, just, dis- I was disappointed. Oh, yeah, right. that it didn't say Steve or something? No, they didn't say www. That's no how you make porridge. <laughs> com. Well, that could be for our tour. That's not how you make porridge. <laughs> if you want to know what that is, folks, go on to YouTube and Google That's No How You Make Porridge. Yes. Um, and Great you know, it's yeah. www.spoonfulofcement.com worth checking out um although jason's away across the other side of the atlantic as you can see the power of zoom is there for uh, someone to have a chat with this man and and find out more about the life experiences and how a successful entrepreneur he's been um down to earth aussie likes a drink likes scottish food loves haggis so that's a a big tick in our book Thank you very much for being on our podcast tonight. Um, hopefully it won't be the last time we see you. We can chinwag about something else. Um, but Jason Healy, thank you very much for being on Crafty Podcast tonight. Thanks for having me, Mike. Good to see you. Take care, mate. Catch you later. You've been listening to the Crafty Podcast, brought to you by the Dafty for Crafty. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on whichever platform you get your podcasts from. We're always looking to hear the voice of the people, 
So if you're passionate about spirits and want to be in our show, get in touch. You'll find us on all the social media at Crafty Connoisseur and or visit our website craftyconnoisseur.co.uk. Until next time, slanch. <laughs>